Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne. We thank you, Lord. Give us mercy and grace to help us in our time of need, and we always need you, Lord, but you're right here. And we're so thankful that you dwell in us. You are among us, Holy Spirit. We thank you that you're hovering over this place all of the time, allowing us to be able to expect nothing but good. So we thank you for that, Lord. We bless you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Everything that's received from God begins as a seed. And we need to remember that because so often... We're, we're wanting things to manifest immediately all the time and, and many things do. Uh, there are many times where you, you can have a, an injury or something like that, some major, some minor and, uh, you know, get prayer or you begin to confess the word and, and declare the word over your body and, and the pain goes away, swelling goes down, you're brought back to normal immediately. Amen. And, and, Sometimes there are healing gifts in the body of Christ, and, and we can't deny those. Uh, God will gift people with healings that take care of certain areas of the body or certain things that, that go on in the body uh, are eradicated by healing gifts, and those will manifest immediately. Amen? But if your healing does not take place immediately 100%, you need to know that that seed has been planted, and if you continue to cultivate and water the seed, then the whole thing will sprout and grow, and the, the sickness will leave, or the symptoms will leave, and you will be totally whole. So that's what we're going to talk about today, and just keep ourselves in remembrance of that, remind ourselves how important it is to know that, uh, because I can recall... Uh, Many years ago when God first started to teach us on divine healing and how to minister healing um, as ministers and, and believers and all levels of healing, we would take trips to the Benny Hinn Crusades. I know many of you remember those. Uh, there were others that he had us learn from that we would, the whole ministry would go. You know, and for the life of me, I couldn't believe, uh, you know, think why, you know, you see, uh, you know, we have seats reserved for the pastors, and they're sitting up on the stage. And so I said, now that looks like a trap to me. I said, I ain't sure what's going on with them special seats. But Jesus warned us not to try to get in them too tough, you know. So I, I, you know, you, everybody, if, if they say something like that, everybody all of a sudden is a pastor and start breaking their neck getting up there. Then I looked one time and saw Benny Hinn, somebody was, gave a testimony they they were broke and needed money and he asked all, all you pastors give me some money i said oh yeah that's why i'm sitting back here hey man you don't get frisk for your your uh your uh, benjamins if you sit back there in the back where you belong but i can remember many people going to one meeting and deciding because they didn't get healed at that one meeting they weren't going to try anymore and that's not faith it's not faith in god and, and unfortunately, there's so many places that don't teach people the word enough to get them to understand that if you didn't see it manifest immediately, that's not the end of the story. It's not the end of your faith. Many times we need to believe God over the long haul so we don't backslide. Do you know that most backsliders have quit trusting God, period? 
they just give up on God. It's not the people in the church treated them wrong. That's an easy lie and excuse to grab for your disobedience. That don't stop you from going anywhere else. I'm going to say it again. That's the biggest lie that the devil's ever perpetrated against God's people. Is you get hurt so much you don't go back. That didn't stop you from chasing that man you got five babies by and he never married you. Y'all are, we all on the same, everybody awake now? We all on the same page now? Hurt your feelings, blacked your eye, put you in the hospital and you still keep going back. So don't give me that, I got hurt and I didn't go back no more. You didn't go to another church either. If you were really looking for God, you'd have tried another place. I mean, if you really determined to find God. So everybody that leaves a church leaves because they mad at God about something. And they're too scared to tell him the truth. He knows it already. You might as well confess it to him. And they're still too scared to admit the truth. They done fell out with God because I thought I was supposed to have this by now. And I should have had that by now. I've been taking my money and they don't do nothing for me. And they quit going because they fell out with God. Why you don't sit down and shut up long enough to learn anything about him. Your first job when you go to anybody's church is sit down, shut up, and listen. You're there to hear the word. You're not there to make friends and influence people. You're not there to sell your Mary Kay or your nothing else you got. Amen? You're there to worship God and respect him and learn his ways. And when it doesn't happen soon enough, people quit. And when they leave, they tell a lie about why they're gone. Hello. After the devil gets in your mind and then gets in your heart, you'll say anything. You malign anybody. That pastor wasn't right. I heard. Did you ever hear the word? Do you understand me? So in order for us to really grow in God, you got to get the seed principle down pat. People barely even get a seed planted in their hearts and then all of a sudden they just decide it don't work and get up and walk off. Amen. Or if they're not entertained, you know, and there's not a sideshow going on somewhere, you can bring popcorn and enjoy yourself. You know, they don't want to have anything to do with that either. You know, people, pastors will take the pews out and put a desk and a table and chairs in there and people want to flip out. Because there's no more aisles they can run down in that crazy. Now y'all sit down, shut up, listen, and take notes. That's how you learn the word. Amen? Amen. Amen. So the word is a seed. It's got to be planted. You got to attend, pay attention to the word when it's going forth. Attend to the word. Incline your ear to what God is saying. Amen? Come to learn from about God. Come to understand something about God. Be reverent to him and worship him. And I think if we keep that posture about his word, every time the word goes forth, 
doesn't matter who's preaching, if it's your favorite preacher, if it's your not favorite preacher, the one you can't stand, the one, whatever it is. Whenever the word is going forth, we've got to learn how to pay attention to that. Because your very life will depend on whether or not you believe God's word, hide it in your heart, whether it's doing anything in you or not, whether it's growing, whether you're nurturing the seed. This is a very challenging concept to overcome because most people do not understand faith because they don't employ it all the time and don't really live by faith. Amen. And so there are things we need to grasp about this that, you know, you know how we do when we hear a familiar scripture, your attention goes to sleep. You ever notice that? It, it, this was, Oh, we on that again. <laughs> And, uh, there was some years, oh, I think it was Sandy Brown. They, they, all these people were going to Rama at the time, uh, Brother Hagen's school that he started, like, I think in the seventies or eighties, he started Rama. And it was like the end thing at the time. Everybody was going to Rama and everybody was, but very few people came out when they graduated and produced the fruit that that depth of teaching of faith would have brought them. He had a, a marvelous, and they still do, healing school there where they would take people in Monday through Friday. They had different ministers that had graduated there and, and had that understanding and proficient in the healing ministry. They would stay back and teach and teach these healing schools. And Monday through Friday, I think they had like, it had to have been like four or five hour day you know they had a morning session they had afternoon session and then on certain days they would pray for the sick and they would just tell people come and sit in healing school until you're healed very simple instructions very simple instructions they would have people that would come from out of the country and rent apartments i mean terminally sick people come in and rent an apartment and stay until they got healed. They took him literally and stayed there. And, and, and if they would follow the instruction, most of those people got healed. I mean, terminal cancer. I mean, people on stretchers, people in wheelchairs, all kinds of ailments and infirmities. Why? Because they understood healing. The word of God is a seed and it's got to grow. If you will stay under the word and let it mature, let it grow in you, you will have whatever it is your heart desires. Because the word is no, the word doesn't discriminate against who you are. The word don't care who believes it. The word is just there to perform for you and bring the things into your life. But you gotta pay, you have to cooperate with God's plan. You gotta give it your full attention. You gotta give it undivided attention. You gotta put the word first. Put it before you do anything else. Follow up on what you say you're believing God for. And you'll have what it is that you say you want. Most people don't follow up on it because they don't know what to do. The Bible says faith without works is, we can all quote it, but what does that mean in your life? Do you have everything you want? Why not? Is your faith alive or you got janky faith? You know, that kind of faith, you pull it out when you're in an emergency and you feel stupid because you're in an emergency again. And where have you been Monday through Friday when there was no emergency? Have you been employing the word? Have you been using the word, been putting the word into motion? Doing things, follow up on what you say. 
to keep your faith alive? You know, that's a hard something to get people to do. You know, I would tell people, I said, don't say you're going to do something and don't do it. Because you're killing your faith when you do that. See, most people don't even get the connection. Why? Because we used to lying. Oh, oh, Pastor Barb, I thought we was going to talk about seeds. I want to talk about my garden. I want to talk about, we'll get there, we'll get there, we'll get there. Just hold on. I'm just doing a little plowing here. But Miss Nola, if I tell you that I'm going to bless you with some things that I have in my closet, and two months go by and you haven't seen them, what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm either I'm not going to do it or I lied to you or I don't have nothing or I was just saying it to make myself look good. See, we're all guilty of all that. So we don't mind lying when it's convenient. But if we tell you, don't say you're sick anymore, call yourself to be not, then we think that's a lie. We don't want to do that. We don't want to call ourselves healed while we still don't feel good. And we say, no, I can't do that. That's lying. Well, you lie all the time. What's the difference? You see what I'm saying? So we have to start respecting our faith and understand when you commit verbally to something you've got to follow it up with action and the reason faith doesn't make sense to us because we're easy it's easy for us to get in a conversation and say well i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that and never do it why because we're so accustomed to just getting involved in things for the way it sounds and not for the finished product See, if you realize the damage you're doing your faith every time you commit to something and don't follow through. Got me? You quit doing it. You start being a person of what we call integrity. What you say you're going to do, you do. Amen? You respect your faith. God, I'm going to do this in the everyday things because that's faith too. That's how I grow my seed that's in me. I'm going to say it again. You know, people don't like this kind of talk because it's like, well, it ain't that serious. How come you don't have that thing you say you've been believing God for for 15 years? Could this be the answer? Huh? You know, as a pastor, you'll tell people, well, you know, you didn't get it this time, but go out again and look for it again. That's scriptural. Huh? What did the prophet tell his, his disciple, his servant? He said, Go look again, because I know it's there. He didn't say it like that, but that's why he told him that. Go look again. It's like my mother used to tell me. She knew we didn't look for stuff. She girl, go look in that drawer and bring me so-and-so. It ain't there, mama. I look. Go look again. Huh? Because mama's trying to break you of deception, lying, failure. Because you're going to be a failure all your life if you don't get that thing broken. Do you understand what I'm saying? Integrity, honesty, those are the things that grow your faith on the inside of you. Amen? So quit saying you're going to do stuff and don't do it. Or be selective about what you do. You're hurting yourself. You're hurting your faith. 
Because you're lying to yourself and you'll never consider your words to be valid. And what does Mark eleven twenty three say? It says you can have what you say. And if you're always saying things and not following through, you don't have any confidence in your own words. So how are you going to believe God's going to bring your words to pass when it's something you need? And see, we think we're smart and, and that doesn't matter, but that matters 100%. Because God doesn't bless liars. He said, if you pay your vow, then you can decree a thing and you can have it. A vow is something you speak out of your mouth. Paying it means follow up and do it. So if I say, Miss Nola, I got clothes I'm going to bring to you, I'll say something like, well, I want to bring them next week, but I'm working on it. Remind me, and I'll make sure I make time. This is how you live with integrity. I'm not depending upon my memory to make sure I follow through. I'm getting help with remembering because it's important to me that I remember it and I follow through on what comes out of my mouth. And we got to be people like that, folks. You just can't tell, say things to people, get them off your back. Nobody's on your back. You on your back. But see, we've got to start living like that. This is why most people cannot have what they say. Bible says, can, are, one, one mouth, uh, blessing and cursing come out the same fountain, sweet water and bitter out of, that should not be. You should not be spewing bitter and sweet water out of your mouth. Blessing only, no cursing. Edifying only, no tearing down. Building up only. And be careful how you deal with God's people. They ain't stupid either. They got the Holy Ghost just like you do. Why don't you let him help you? Instead of trying to avoid everything that you think is working against you. Got me? And start being a person of integrity. It's not that hard. It's like, God, I realize how important it is now for me to follow up on what I say. And don't be shy about committing. Obey the unction of the spirit. God will help you to stop wasting time on frivolous things and start spending your time on things that will help your life. If you follow the unction. See, most people, they don't want to commit to nothing. I don't want nobody be looking to me to do nothing. Ain't nobody looking to you for nothing, brother. Trust me. Looking to God, if he wants to use you, so be it. But if not, know how it is. Some certain people say, well, I don't want to do this, that, and the other. You look at him and say, "Uh uh-oh. You know, you can't depend on him. Shouldn't be that way, folks. We should be dependable people. We should be the most dependable people in the earth. Why? Because we understand faith. We respect our faith. We respect that once we confess something, it is a promise. Just like when we expect God to to fulfill his promises to us, once you say you're going to do something, it is a promise. It's not a maybe. It's not when it's convenient. It's not if you get around to it. It's not if you have time. It's not if you can fit it in. Because if that's what you think about your word, how are you going to think God's going to keep his? It don't work like that. It works one way. Faith works one way. 
It works in every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And if you've got the Holy Spirit living in you, which we all do, then he is speaking words of truth and words of commitment that if you will follow up on them, God will bless and have that thing come to pass and your life will be a life of faith built on your words. you got to have respect for what you say before you can believe God's going to do something for you. It never works any other way. We've got to have truth in our inward parts. We've got to speak truth. And we've got to follow the law of faith, which says if if faith without works is dead, if you say something out of your mouth, you have to follow it up with a corresponding action. you got to do what you say you're going to do. You got me? And if you feel like you're being overextended, overpromised, go to God and say, God, help me to get this accomplished, because he's going to have to help you with everything. See, and that even increases your faith. That gets God involved in your everyday activities. That gets him involved in everything you do. So that when you get up to do things, you'll have that unction and that confidence that it's going to work out for you. But if you do it sometime and sometime you don't, sometime you do it, yeah, I'm feeling good. I, 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 I was sick. I didn't do it. I, I, got me? Not going to work. And you can't cheat the system because you can't decide what's important and what's not. It's all important. See, we sit up and judge things we get involved in. We say, well, no, that ain't, that, that's not important. I'm not, well, I don't have time to do that because you, you're living in your feelings again and not living by faith. You're going to have to learn how to slap your feelings around, tell them, look, I don't live by you no more. You don't exist to me. Amen. Not feeling like it. I'm dead to you. You know what? You're dead to me. Feeling. Not feeling like it. Uh-uh. We don't live like that. We live by faith. Whatever you do by faith, God gives you the energy, opportunity, means, finances. He'll take care of everything you need when you do it by faith. But if you're going to live by feelings and not be a person of integrity, that somebody can trust your word and that you'll follow through on your word and God can see you follow through on your word and bless you and increase your faith, it's never going to happen for you. You got me? So, and you can't cheat the system. We think we do the important things. Or, you know, the things related to my finances. I'm going to be faithful in that. Everything's related to everything. A little cheater. God saw that. We think God ain't smarter than we are sometimes. He knows all the cheaters. He all knows all the liars. He's trying to get the lie out of us. If he can get that out of you, he can bless you. I'll say it again. If he can get that out of us, he can bless us. Amen. But we got to be consistent. We got to be people of integrity. We've got to be people who understand of what it means to live by faith and have the spirit of faith richly dwelling in us and guiding our lives. Amen. So why don't we turn to Mark eleven twenty three? I know you thought it was over already, right? Pastor Barb, I'm bleeding already. What's wrong with you today? Oh, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. It's going to be fine. It's good now. Okay, so Mark 11. Verse 22, it starts out. And it says, have faith in God. Amen. 
And it also can be translated, have the faith of God. So when we've already discussed this many times, but it bears repeating, is when you put your faith in someone, you take on their faith. It's like driving a car. Say, for instance, um, I'm, I'm, I'm in my car and I'm not feeling well whatever, anything. And I said, ooh, let me just get over to to where Chuck is. And once I get over there, I can let her get under the wheel and she can take over and drive because she can do this better than I can and she's feeling good and all that kind of stuff. So what I've done is I've taken my weakness and turned it over, submitted that to her strength, amen, and so because I've trusted my weakness, I put my confidence in her strength. And now we're going to get there by her ability or her faith or whatever it is that carries her from one person to the other. And that's what faith in God is. And see, when you put your faith in God, it's possible to withdraw it too, just like you put it in there. Amen. If I see Chuck looking funny and getting woozy, I said, look, Chuck, come on now, pull over. I'll take over now, girl. We, you know, we don't have to go like this. I mean, if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out by my crazy driving, not yours. I got under the wheel. I put you under there so we can go get there safely. Amen. And that's how people sometimes feel about God. We, When it don't look like it's going to happen soon enough, we grab the wheel back. Huh? Well, I guess I try, try this over here. See? If you're just trying things, you're, you've got to have enough confidence in God to put your faith in him one time and leave it there. Amen. Why are you shifting it around? You're thinking he's not going to do what he says he's going to do. You think he's not going to do so and so. Would the girls let them go to the bathroom one at a time, please? Okay, thank you. Not both of you at the same time. There's nobody here. This ain't a theater or somewhere. There's a lot of crazy people lurking in the bathrooms. You go one at a time, okay? You're big girls. Thank you. So, so you got to leave your faith and confidence in God 100%. Got me? 100% in God. And don't remove it because you get nervous that it won't happen soon enough. What you're really saying is you don't trust God. And you don't want to admit that. What you do, what, what, what do we do when they happen fast and don't get religious? What did I do wrong? Everything. You ain't done nothing right, aight? And you're about to get even more wrong because you get ready to distrust God. Amen? That means you ain't trusting. Amen. <laughs> My poor husband was alive. I used to start looking for signs of what he's going to give me for my birthday. Uh, God God had to break me of that bad habit. I won't tell you how he did it. But you got to put trust. And I, one day I thought to myself, I said, well, God, let me, let me ask you this. I said, if I'm looking for him to do it, who am I trusting, him or you? I didn't get an answer. And I said, oh, I realize now where my problem is. I wasn't trusting God to wake this man up after I put notes all over the house and hints all over everywhere 
and tell him today is your wife's birthday. Don't mess it up. You know what happens when you mess stuff up with her. So if you don't want to come up here and see me early, you better go get her something, okay? And so and really that's all it is. We're trusting God for the obvious. You got me? Yeah. Oh, I'm serious. I'd be cutting up around there. Y'all just don't know. I'm pretty peaceful because I learned how to stay under the anointing around y'all. But I get home and I'm like, it's all over now. Where's my stuff? You know, I go buy bloodhounds to see if they can smell something that smelled like, you know, decent perfume or something like You know what I'm saying. So anyway, just a thought, ladies. Okay, don't go there. Don't do that. Be sweet at all times. Right, bro- right, brother? Look at him looking all shocked. <gasps> he clutched his pearls. <laughs> brother, Roddy, you too much. That's all right, though. I, I'm, I'm always going to refer over to you when I need a confirmation. So anyway, but... uh uh, Mark eleven twenty three says, "Have faith in God," and and it is correctly also translated, "Have the faith of God." In other words, what Jesus is saying: when they saw the fig tree, they were shocked at how quickly Jesus's words that came out of his mouth came to pass. Well, guess what? Jesus was a man of integrity. Every time he said something, he believed it would happen, and he followed up and did what he was supposed to do to verify that it happened. And that's all he's asking us to do. Have the same confidence in our words to follow up and look for it to manifest. Most of the time, we ask in faith and then listen to the devil for like two or three weeks, and we lose confidence that it's ever going to happen. And that's why we're upset. We're tired of waiting. I'm sick of waiting. I'm done with this. And how many times do we say that? You shouldn't even say that. You shouldn't think that way. Amen? You should have your faith so secured in God that you wouldn't dare try to put your confidence in any place else, in anything else, in anybody else. Amen? You want to follow through on what you You have done what you have said to make sure it manifests. And you'll see this in Jesus' life all the time. He wasn't afraid to go by that tree again. He knew that tree was going to be withered up by the roots. It was the disciples that didn't know it. Amen? And so they were shocked. Peter said, oh, master, look, the fig tree that you cursed is withered away. And Jesus is like, what did you expect? You know what I'm saying? Quit being shocked, Peter. You ought to be used to this by now. I mean, really, this is what he expected his disciples to keep catching on. Then he remembered, I think, they didn't have the Holy Ghost all the time, and they would eventually. But he had to encourage them as much as they were able. Just have faith in God. Have faith that when I speak, I'm speaking what the Father tells me to speak. And expect miracles, expect manifestation, expect great things, expect these words to come to pass. And Peter, calling to remembrance, told him this. And Jesus answering said to him, have faith in God. In other words, you were expecting just mere words. 
or not expecting this thing to happen like God would have it to happen. And so God put his his stamp on that and decided to let that thing start to wither the minute Jesus spoke it. Amen. And so it started to wither immediately, immediately. And because there was nothing there to stop it from happening, it continued to progress. This is what you need to understand about everything you ask God for. Once he puts his word on it, once you have faith in him, once you believe the word, leave your faith in God. Don't pull your faith out and go chasing something else because somebody told you it's going to happen this way, it's going to happen that way. Just keep confidence in God. When God tells you to go look for, he said, go look for some place to live. And you look one time and you don't find it and you stay at home for three months. That's not faith. That's not faith. Faith doesn't operate like that. And then God will send somebody and say, well, you could have had your place by now. Oh. Well, see, you don't understand. See, the first thing we want to do is go argue, explain. Why? Because... That faith offends you. It should not offend you. It should augment and strengthen something you already have inside of you. If you're on the right page. Why does faith offend people? Because they're in unbelief. See, you were just trying God to see if he was a... God is not like a crapshoot. Where if you don't run the whole pot today, you're broke. You got me? Faith is made to have you live in it every day. You're to pull your faith out every day and feed it every day. You know, just like if you had a goldfish. He ain't going to live too long. If you wait as long as we do to thank God for something. Oh, yeah, I forgot to thank God for, for my blessing I've been waiting on. How long ago has that been? A couple weeks. Baby, if your faith was a goldfish, he'd have starved by now. Do you understand what I'm saying? Your faith is fragile like that. When it, when you first start, just like any seed, if you, if you go plant a seed and you don't water it, that thing's never going to grow. It takes attention, takes tending. Your faith needs to be tended. It, you can't just put it somewhere and leave it and go, go away and think it's going to grow by itself as to be tended. Got me? See, We've been taught some things that we've misheard in the faith message, I think. Because we think, you know, it's like, well, if you pray again, it's unbelief. Okay, I got you. I understand. I got, okay, okay, okay. You understand what I'm saying? And so we get doctrined into forgetting that that's a seed that needs tending. Well, okay, if, if, if I'm not praying in unbelief anymore, what do I do about the nagging feeling that I just can't forget the prayer I prayed? You got me? Where most of us would go back and pray over again because we feel, it's like, it's like, uh, uh, like the Bible says, can a mother, a nursing mother forget her newborn infant? Of course not. You understand what I'm saying? That that baby is so attached to you and you remember you got there's something in your memory that tells you I gotta take care of somebody here. 
You know, I don't care how long you, you, you know, it's been that you had a child or you, this is your first one. You've been fancy free for years. Once you have that child, you remember that child. There are too many things in your memory that will get triggered. Amen. Because that child belongs to you. There's a, a natural connection. There's a, a chemical hormonal connection there's a memory in your brain connection there are too many things that have you wired to the welfare of that child well it's the same thing with with a prayer that you pray with the seed of the word of god once you pray that prayer you'll sit there and for days and not remember that you you're you're believing god for something all of a sudden some will joke oh i forgot about what am i gonna do and so what do we do normally you pray again but if you really are connected to God with the seed, when that thing hits your memory bank, you'll say, oh, God, I forgot to thank you for that. I'm still believing you for that. God, I'm anticipating you to bring it to you. start rejoicing. You start sending faith, confidence messages to God instead of fear that he didn't hear you or you didn't pray right or something was wrong in your prayer instead of sending that message and praying over again you send a message of i am holding on to that seed that seed is in me and i'm watering that seed with praise and i'm watering that seed with worship and i'm watering that seed with thanksgiving i thank you god that i'm still here i'm expecting you to bring that thing to pass and do it the best way you can. Nobody's perfect at this. Even people that teach it aren't perfect at it. We all just feel in our way. You got it? And so these are things that you, this is tending the seed. This is something that makes sense to you, even if you just look at it in a natural way. If I've planted a seed in a garden, I've got to take care of that seed some kind of way. If it gets dry outside and there's no rain, i got to put some rain on that seed. Amen? Or they don't just grow by themselves. Or if there's weeds growing in there, you got to weed that garden out. Amen? You know, I remember my dad, Pastor Shirley, and I were talking about this the other day. My dad used to grow greens. He grew collards a lot. And that soil around those those greens were always loosened. He would go and till the soil and free the roots up so they could grab water. It was watered. That soil was black. There was no extra green stuff growing, no weeds growing in there. When he tended something, and those greens were beautiful. They were beautiful. He always had, and I don't care where we lived, he'd, he'd get a little patch of, of, of ground and start planting things. It was just in him to plant and see things grow because he preferred that than the stuff you get in the supermarket. You understand what I'm saying? And so it, it, it's, it's attending that, that we need to do more than pray over again. Or what did I do wrong? Or correct your behavior. Or, you know, you so out of control. You didn't backslid so far. Now your prayers interrupted because of your bad behavior. No, it's your unbelief. You slid over into believing the natural and not picking up your cues from the realm of the spirit. Like you should do, like you would do if you tended that the way you're supposed to. A good way to tend your garden is every morning before your eyes open, start worshiping God. God, I thank you for another day. I'm going to rejoice right here in this bed and be glad that you woke me up. Glad I have another chance at my miracle. Glad I'm, I'm receiving what I need from you. I'm glad, Lord. I'm glad. 
and start being a glad Christian, that will take you beyond the what's taking so long and why did it, that you get over into that Death Valley dry thing, God's going to have to send somebody to pull you out. And then you're going to get mad at the person he sends to pull you out. I guarantee you. Because when we're wrong, we want to, we want to think we're right and wrong at the same time. God, what did I do wrong? But don't tell me. Oh, don't send Pastor Barb. She don't know how to talk to people. I'm talking to your spirit. I ain't talking to your flesh. Your problem is you like your flesh massage too much. I might get up and dance on that one. <laughs> oh, this ain't no time for massaging your flesh. You got rent to pay. Huh? You, you got a healing to obtain. It ain't no time to cater to nobody's flesh up in here. It's time to get that stuff out the way so you can receive the word. I know y'all wait till you get desperate before you come to the altar and talk to me, but I don't care. I don't care. I'd rather deal with desperate people who going to receive right away than trying to massage you into trying to figure out if you want it or not. Okay, so where were we? Mark eleven twenty three, Amen. Have faith in God. Have the faith of God. So when you put your faith in God, now you're using his faith. This is why the question, what am I doing wrong, sounds so silly. Because what you're saying is something's wrong with God's faith. It's not your faith anymore. You put your faith. He's driving the car now. And I know sometimes it's a wild ride. Huh? Because you're paying too much attention to the wrong things. Huh? It's only a wild ride because you're scared. Once you learn how to let him take the wheel and relax once you know he's driving, you'll do a whole lot better. Amen? Listen, I've been on an airplane for the first time was scared to death. And then I realized, I said, you know what? I always get off these planes. Maybe I just need to let this go and enjoy. Just trust the pilot to get, or trust somebody to get us there. You understand what I'm saying? And, and just wake me up when we're there. But why do we watch everything when we're, when we're so-called trusting God for something? We watch everything. What was it? What was Oh, it's been three hours and I didn't get it yet. Wonder what's wrong. Huh? It's been so, wonder what's wrong. Yeah, quit letting your mind do that to you. Crucify that thing. Just take the mind and said, yeah, and kill it. Amen. Mind you ain't going along for this ride. In fact, we going to meditate on the word and make the ride a lot better. See, the ride's better when you get the right passenger. If you're feeding how you feel and the doubt and the amount of time, all the natural, get all your little natural buddies up here and shoot them. Pew. Passage of time. Oh, I did something wrong. Forgive me, Lord. You shoot him too. Who's next? You got me? You start lining your little aliens up and shooting them one by one. And you'll be left with trusting God. 
And you'll learn how to start nurturing the seed of faith in you and protect it like it's precious and like it's holy and like it's important. And don't let any errant thoughts run in. That's why we made the t-shirt healed, period. No discussion. No questioning. You're healed, period. But I said no discussion. But what about nothing? We don't discuss it after we're healed. That went over big. I don't care. I don't care. So have faith in God. So when your faith is in God, it, whatever you say out of your mouth, whatever he gives you to say, if you tell a mountain to move, it'll move. Because God's faith will do it. It's not your faith anymore. Get you out of it. Go take a nap or something. And let God finish the job that he starts out in your life. He says, for truly I say to you, whosoever shall say, whosoever. So God is not looking at you. It's you like, oh, it's Barb again. No, he's looking at Jesus in me. He's looking at my faith. Because I put my faith in him. I'm not me anymore. I'm his son coming up and expecting the father to give him what he asked for. He said, say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He can have whatsoever. How do I know if I'm not doubting in my heart? Now, see, I guess your little minds don't work you over like mine do. You know, or used to. I made it shut up, behave itself. But a lot of people think this. Well, maybe I had doubt in my heart when I prayed. You ever thought that? Well, the rest of y'all ain't alive or you just lying to me this morning. But I've thought it many times. God, did I have doubt in my heart when I prayed? Did I, was I in faith when I asked you? You know how you can figure it out? Read the rest of the scripture. Believe that those things which you say shall come to pass. Do you believe it's going to happen? Do you believe God's going to do it? Then you didn't have doubt in your heart when you prayed. I'm going to say it again. Because some of y'all act like I'm just, you know, here as a visitor. If that's true, I'm going to take another offering. I'm going to take a visitor's offering. Oh, everybody paying attention now. Oh, 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 let me wait back. Chuck didn't quit snoring over there. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, Pastor Bob. Oh, oh, oh. I got that. I, I receive it. Whatever. No, this is a, this is how you tell. You know, I didn't notice until a few, you know, like a few months ago or something. Paid attention to it, I mean. But this is a sure way because many times your brain will say, well, did I really believe you? When I prayed, maybe I need to pray again. You ever been there? I have. So this is how you know. If, this is a test for it. Do you still believe it's going to happen? And when you think about it, you say, yeah, I do. I mean, it hasn't happened yet, but I still. But it'll shock you how many people cannot answer that yes. See, and they walk away from good churches. They walk away from marriages, walk away from ministries because they don't believe it's going to happen so you got to kill that when you pray you got to believe this it is god's word you must believe it'll happen even though you prayed it 
little old you prayed it. Well, I don't have that kind of faith, and I don't have, you don't need nothing. You say, have faith in God. Put your faith in God. It's not about your faith at this point. Amen? It's about God. He's going to do it. He's going to do everything. And he's going to do it for you. Even with my messing up, and you going to mess up again. And he's still going to do it. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you do, whatever you desire, don't go out and try to get it yourself. Don't call 15 friends and try to borrow enough money. Don't go to the, the car dealership until you have prayed. Amen. You pray first and let him lead your steps. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them when you pray, when you stand praying. And that's the validation for only having to pray one time. If you believed you received it the first time you prayed, you don't have to ask again. God said, okay, good, granted. So go away and continue to believe that I'm going to do it. That's where the real challenge is. See, the challenge is not to believe you receive it when you pray. Because all you say, well, God, is I receive that. I believe it. I, I've got it now. Yeah, I got it now. You, you're not a man that you should lie. It's already granted. I got it now. Jesus paid for it with his blood. It's paid for. I got it now. Amen? It's all you have to say. But the real challenge is to continue to believe that way even after it hasn't manifested yet. So that's where the test of faith is. It's not in believing you receive it when you pray. You got me? It really isn't. Most people can believe that much. Why? Because if nothing else, if you really prayed and touched God and, and used his word, believed his word when you prayed, there's a peace that comes to you that is undeniably from God that says, I heard you, I, you got it, I gave it to you. That's what that peace says. It says, I have answered that request right here and right now. You don't have to wait for me and come back tomorrow and see what kind of mood I'm in. Now, why would we have to ask more than once? Well, maybe I was in unbelief. Well, keep doing it then. If you going to go that road, you understand. Most of us just get tired of being silly about things. And we just say, well, I must believe I'm, I'm expecting it. Are you expecting it? That means that you believe you received it when you prayed. And you believe he's going to do it for you. Amen. Now the devil will mess with your head in the meantime. Look at what you did. God don't bless people like you. He don't bless people like you either, you liar. What would you, oh, you would know a lot about it. You got kicked out of heaven. At least I'm going. You got kicked out already. You can't even get back in there. Come talking to me. It's your nonsense. No. So he says, don't doubt in your heart. That's that's faith in God does not doubt in its heart. But believe that those things which you say shall come to pass. You shall have whatsoever you say. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, believe you receive them when you pray at the time that you pray and you'll have them. Well, suppose I don't believe I receive it when I pray. Well, go away and think about it, but receive it anyway. At some point, believe you got it. Amen. You want to be a tough cookie, keep doing that kind of stuff. And we'll eat your breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Because God's got stuff laid up for his kids. If one don't get it, the other one will. 
That's a lot of family table, folks. Huh? I was always the kid that wanted all seconds on everything and all the leftovers. Huh? If somebody didn't eat it, Mama, can I have that? Huh? I got it every single time. I like picky people. Pastor Shirley was always picky about her food. Ooh, Shirley don't want hers. Can I have it, Mama? Got it everything to clean up, woman. You got me? There's one in every family. That's the law of the family table. We don't live, we don't throw nothing away. We don't leave leftovers. It's all gotta be cleaned up today. So all you don't want, I'm claiming. You can't believe you receive it when you pray. I got it. I'll do it. Bring it on over here. Garage ain't big enough. We're making an addition. That don't stop me. Amen. Enlarge the borders of your tent. God said make room. Why? Because there's more coming. Keep believing. There's more coming. And this is important. When you stand praying, in other words, God said, don't get on my face if you don't like people. If you got haters everywhere, go make it right with them haters. Amen. If Even if somebody got something against you, you go make it right. Well, they should come to me. Well, that ain't how it works. You want something from God, you got to be clean. Look at what Jesus did. You ain't done all that yet. So get busy. All you're going to have is a little bit of embarrassment. And people, most people, when you go to them, you say, they say, you know what? I don't even remember that. But girl, you know, I love you. I forgive you. And we've been stewing about it for months. Don't want to do it. Putting it off. Go do it. He'll bless you. He said, if you don't forgive, I won't forgive you either. So this is a must do. You know, faith works by love. And see, you can hold on to that stuff if you want to, but you ain't going to get much from God. I'm telling you, you got to be clean, folks. This is a clean covenant. <laughs> Amen. Righteous covenant. The faith works in a pure heart. Doesn't work in a heart that's got all kinds of stuff in there that don't need to be in there. So purify that, you know. Ask God to forgive you. God, if it's something I need to do, I'll go make it right. People seldom do that. You know, I mean, it's important. He says, go, if you guys, your brother has something against you, I don't want your offering. Of course, you can't get preachers to tell you to keep your money if you. And we help people violate the law all the time. I mean, it's something to think about, folks. So this is something you need to do between you and God. You take care of that personally. You don't need somebody to give you permission to, you know what I'm saying. Take care. That's between you and him. Let him guide you. But but always be willing and eager to forgive. In fact, do it the first time it happens. First, first ill feeling you feel towards somebody. You know, you make that right. Just, just do that. You'd be blessed by it. So anyway, so we have now the seed. Mark says, if you believe when you pray, the seed of healing or whatever else is growing in you. We should have healing seed in us all the time. You know, because the Bible says the outer man is perishing. So you need to have restoration, organs, uh, um, 
you know, your health and, and your circulation, all of that needs to be continuously restored because the sinful world that we live in is causing it to deteriorate. It just has that effect on, on the body, earth and things made from the earth. It's all deteriorating. And so once we get the healing seed inside of us, we have to tend the seed. We said that already. So we have, if you have the seed inside of your heart, it, it will grow if you will tend it and you will let it grow and you will nurture it. So in Luke chapter eight, let's see what that says about the seed. Praise God. Eight eleven. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Amen. Any, any word you put in your heart will grow and prosper and bless you. And, and this seed is so powerful, it will outgrow any negative seed in there. So there's no such thing as you start nurturing the seed of healing in you and illness grows faster than that. Let me say it again, because this is how the devil deceives people into thinking they're getting worse instead of better. Amen. And, and, and it, it may feel worse, look worse. It depends on how you interpret what's going on in your body. You got me? And and so once you get that seed of healing in you, understand this, that everything in God's kingdom is accelerated. Now, why do I say that? Because when you think about it, what the, the Holy Spirit, who is the manifester, of God's word. He hovers over the word of God to cause it to manifest. If the Holy Spirit is working to manifest healing, he would have to disarm himself of resurrection power in order to let sickness outgrow your health. Here you got two Opposing forces working on the inside of you. What do you think is going to happen if they're left to do what they normally would do? There's a battle going on to prove who's the strongest. It's always to prove who's the strongest. Amen. If you put two boxers in the ring and they ding the bell, guess what's going to happen? They gonna get in there, in there, they're in there to prove who's the strongest. That happens with all opposing forces. So you got darkness and light. The Bible says that the light shined in the darkness and the darkness could not overpower the light. The light is just being light. The light ain't really messing with nobody. He just being light. You ever walk in a room and, and you go up to somebody and for no reason they seem hostile to you? Are you just mad them? That's darkness trying to overtake and it just, <coughs> I can't do it. So I gotta say something nasty to make it back up and get away from me. Come on y'all. I mean light is just light. The light will, darkness will never overtake light. It will never happen. So once you take the seed of, of healing inside your body, 
I don't care how long it takes for it to manifest. Some of us get on slow grow. I don't know what happens to us, but you know, it's, <laughs> you know, it just depends, but you know what I'm saying. Like the man that was laying by the pool for 30, 38 years before his healing manifested. He was sitting there before Jesus was born. He had to be born. He had to survive. He had to get anointed. He had to do all that stuff. And then this man gets his healing. So that see that that man must have believed that sometime he's going to get healed. Because he told Jesus, he said, while I'm coming, that's faith. He getting up trying to walk. He getting up trying to get to the pool. And Jesus said, let me help you. Huh? Let me help you out right here. I'm the man. Huh? And I say get up and walk. Because I ain't carrying nobody nowhere. You understand what I'm saying? To jump in a pool. And I'm right here with all this power. And I got enough light in me to drive out that sickness and get your legs built up and, and performing again. He didn't have to go to no rehab. He didn't have to go to no physical therapy. He didn't, you, you understand what I'm saying? Just boom. Obey the word and get it. And that's where most of us are. Just obey the word and get it. Look for a healing word. Lord, Lord, give me a word that's going to complete my healing. See, that should be your prayer. Father, I need that completing word. I need that finishing it off word. Amen. And there's no reason why I should be without my healing, without 100%. Because there isn't. Because the comforters come. The price has been paid. You know, even under the old covenant, the the woman that Jesus saw in the temple, he said, she ought to be here. What's wrong with y'all up in here? Amen. So the ought to is what we look at. Oh, yeah. God owes that to me because he promised it to me. I see people don't like talking like religious people don't like nothing I say. You know, it don't sound right to your ears. Well, start listening with your heart. Your ears ain't supposed to. They eavesdropping anyway. On God's conversation. Let your heart hear this. Your heart is glad because it wants to see it come to pass. You mean to tell me I don't have to suffer no more? I can just get up and be healed? Yes, you can. And look for God. Thank you. Who was that? Cece. Where are you? Behind the door. He's He's obeying the word out there. Oh, boy. That was too easy. Amen. But yeah, we, we, we need to understand that once that seed is planted in us, it's going to overgrow anything. The Holy Ghost ain't just going to sit there and let sickness continue to, to grow in you unless you just don't believe nothing. You have to believe this now. It's not going to happen for somebody that's doubting and waiting for somebody to come and convince them and I'm waiting for the, you know, the pastor's supposed to come and pray for me. Nothing against that. It's scriptural. But the implication is that you should be in faith. You know, where are you going to wait for, for somebody to come before you engage your faith and your healing? And maybe that's not the way God wants to do this thing for you right now. You ever check with him and see how he wants to do it? 
instead of looking for visiting hour? And who brought you flowers and candy? And got to take another shot of insulin just for for your gifts. <laughs> Come on, folks, let's get with it now. Stay with me. Stay with me. I'm only going to put. I'm going to take you off the rack in a minute. Amen. <laughs> Everybody getting stretched. Huh? But that seed is in you. The devil can't overgrow. There's no weeds in you. Amen. Because they can't grow in the place, in the person, and in the in the presence of God, in the healing word that's in you. Keep believing the word's going to come to pass. The day you quit believing is the day you're going to get yourself in a little trouble. But God will rebound. You ever you ever have that shock come to you? You thought you didn't want something God promised you, and then one day you woke up and say, Well, God, I'm sorry I quit praying, quit believing you for that. You might as well believe from the beginning and stay in faith. It's just easier to stay in faith than to have yourself dug out of a hole. Now, and don't let your mouth start speaking that crazy unbelief. If your mouth, if your tongue offend thee, pluck it out. <laughs> Whatever. You know what I'm saying? Just shut up. Somebody asks you how you doing. Well, you know, they ain't going to help you. They just being polite. They don't want to hear your history. They want to hear I'm good and so they can keep moving. They didn't ask you for that. You're too cheap to go to get a psychiatrist. That's what people like to complain get. Want to use the saints up and make them nuts. Stop it. So everything spiritual occurs by the seed principle. Everything spiritual starts as a seed. That is God's word. It's not going to come any other way. If you're looking for full-blown growth, ask God to accelerate it. Ask him to speed up the healing process. He can do that. He'll do anything you ask him to do. I remember I had something. It was it it was uh, something with my hip, and it it was painful. Every move I made was painful, and I couldn't get to a spot where I could sit and take the pain off for very long. It was just I don't know what it was, and I didn't want to know. See, the minute you get a name, then you got to fight the name too. You got to you got to respect the name. I said I'm not going there. All I'm, all I know is it's a pain. You understand? And I, I just talked to the Lord and I said, Lord, I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put myself in, in the word hospital. Just under the word all day long. I had word tapes on all day long. I turned all the lights out in my bedroom. It was dark and quiet in there. And I said, Lord, would you please give me daily improvement until it's gone? And on the third day, it was almost totally gone, but I stayed with it. What did I tell myself? A week. you got to complete your vow. See, where most of us get, we get to feeling a little better and start getting happy and say, hey, yeah, hey, rejoice with me. You ain't got it all yet. I can tell by the tone of your voice. You're just hoping it's over. Get me involved in your halfway parties. I'm not coming. You know, we want to rejoice in that religious stuff and 
Think we gonna get the saints happy like they can do something for us? Honey, them saints scrambling just like you are. What kind of help you think you got? You know, agreement is for when you fall down on the job, maybe God can wake them up and say, would you please pray for your sister that she get off of the finish line? Nobody going to carry you over the line. So we're more healed today than we were yesterday. Amen. In John 4, if you'll go there. How much time do I have, Miss Vicky? I'm just... Oh my gosh, I can do so much in 15 minutes. I don't know what, but I'm just going to follow the Holy Ghost best I can. John 4 (laughs) and verse 43. After two days, Jesus departed from there and went to Galilee. And he himself testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country. (laughs) Then when he, he was come into Galilee... The Galileans received him, seeing all the things that he had said and did. And he came to Cana of Galilee, verse 46. And this was where he had made the water wine. So when people don't believe you in one place, you go to another place where you think there might be some faith. Huh? You think there might be faith in the place where he made the water wine? Well, we would expect so, but... You never know. Well, who here he is. And he came to there and, and there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum, which is a day's journey. And when he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him, besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. And Jesus said to him, except you see signs and wonders, you won't believe. So here Jesus runs into unbelief. If it don't happen right away. You got me? He said, you're the kind that needs to see something before you believe. And then what does Jesus do instead of making something happen to increase his faith? See, that's what we would think. If How many times have we wanted to see something before we would believe God? I know I have. Give me a sign, Lord. Give me a token for good. Remember that scripture we tried to wear out when we were baby Christians and realized it wasn't working? Why won't Jesus do that for him? Why won't he let him see signs and wonders so he can believe? Because that's not faith in God. Sight faith is not something Jesus is going to encourage in anybody. He's not going to give you a piece of candy when you need strong, strong meat. That candy is going to wear off. And when that sugar high is over, you right back mean again. So he don't feed us that to give us a sugar high. It's not what faith is. He knew that man had the ability to believe without seeing. Amen. That's how most of us get everything we want. When you were a kid, one day I'm going to be, did anybody ever say that? One day I'm going to be a fireman. One day I'm going to be a, you ain't see, you don't even smell like smoke. Talking about you want to be a fireman. Huh? Even them little cigarette butts you've been smoking behind your mother's back, that don't make you a fireman. So you believe when there was no evidence anywhere that you would ever be that. 
And that's all Jesus is trying to get this man to put into operation. You got it in you. You have that ability in you to believe without seeing. That's how most of us get everything. We, I'm a girl, go to college and graduate and you're five years old and then one day you do it. Cause you believed all those years you would do it. Amen? A lot of people get interrupted in their faith, but if their faith comes back, you'll see women who, uh, Graduated college age 46. Well, I wanted to go to college all my life, but I had a family. I had this, I did, I did, and that faith was still there at age 46, and she went. And she graduated ahead of her class. You got me? What we do, we let embarrassment kill our faith. You didn't do it when everybody else did it, so it looks silly to do it now. Looks silly. I don't care. It's your life. Do you want it or don't you? That didn't, well, I'm not going to go there. Talk about looking silly. Stop you from doing nothing else you wanted. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So, so here he tells him, he challenges him, provokes him. Unless you see signs and wonders and man going, hey, wait a minute. That ain't who I am. I believe you, Jesus. And he says, go home, prove it. Anybody ever been provoked into believing God? Oh, yeah. Why? Because he's got to dig that faith out of all that un. <laughs> He got to do some yanking to get most of us in faith. Hey. So he tells him. Okay, then go home. Your boy's alive. And the man believed the word. Why? Because he was challenged to believe it. He, Jesus located his problem. And if you've got a sick kid at home. Versus giving up because Jesus won't come with you. And your, your challenge is to believe he's already healed. What are you going to do? Well, Jesus said it. I might as well believe it. He said my boy's healed. He's healed already. And what does that man have to hold on to all the way home? He's healed already. He's got the words. What we're supposed to believe to begin with to get what we want. Not Jesus walking with us, holding our hand, doing everything for us. That's what he wanted at first. Jesus said, no, you go home. You can believe my word. Just believe it. Your boy's alive. And he believed. And he says, as he was going down, verse 50, his servants met him and told him, saying, your son's alive. And what did he do? And didn't say he rejoiced or anything. No, because he knew he was. He was rejoicing all the way. He said, he's alive. He's alive. He's alive. I can't wait to get there and see it. And he said, what time did it happen? He's just checking to verify. And they said about so-and-so. He said, when he said it, I believed it. It's my faith. That's where God wants us to get, folks. He wants us to rejoice that our faith did it. Amen. That we're not left out of everything because we can't believe. Or we're in too much unbelief. Our faith is too weak. And our faith ain't this. My faith did it. I held on to what he told me until I got here and got a verification. Amen. 
Jesus even gave him mercy. He let the people meet him halfway. As soon as that boy got healed, they took off to tell him. You got me? It's a merciful God. Oh, he, he knows how long you can hold out. Amen. He, and, and it says he began to amend from that hour. The minute you begin to believe God's word is when your healing starts. And it grows from there. The minute you, you believe you received it, it's done. That's why we say healed period. Healed anyway. You know, I'll, I'll text people and says, well, so and so happened and I was in the hospital and they told me this and that. I said, oh, honey, you're healed anyway. And they say, yeah, I am. See, a little bit of unbelief comes with when, when you get the bad report. You know, people have to listen to it and have to weigh it. It has an effect on you. You sitting up around all them white coats and they keep coming and checking stuff. The devil does this to make us nervous. So start believing yourself to get out of there and get back home. Amen. Just say, oh, okay, God, I'm healed anyway. They ain't healing me supernaturally. I need a supernatural healing to get beyond this. That's not happening with doctors. All they give you is natural stuff. So I guess I'll just kimble on out of here, come in the same way. <laughs> I walked in, I'm going to walk out. Amen. Or I wheelchair it in and I'm going to walk out. You know, you go out the same way you come in, only better. Amen. You're not going to be a basket case. You're not going to be somebody who gives up the ghost prematurely. You're going to be here for a long time, a much longer time. Amen? Until you're satisfied. You're here until you satisfy. As long as you're busy bodying in somebody's business, stay here. You know what I'm saying? You ain't satisfied yet. But let God keep you here for that time. But he'll keep you here healthy, not just barely hanging on. You'll be 100% healthy, amen, because that healing is a seed, and it's growing every day. you got to believe it. Praise God. Amen. Why don't we stop? Father, thank you for your word and for understanding. Thank you, Lord, for results. Thank you, Lord, that we're healed anyhow. We're healed, period. We're healed in spite of, and we're healed because of. Because of the blood, we're healed. Because you say we're healed, we're healed. Because you say you don't have Rona and you're not subject to it, you won't get it. Period. In Jesus' name. You're not subject to the rudiments of this world. You're subject to the laws of the kingdom. And they're easy to follow. Just have faith in God. You don't have to believe in your words, believe in you, believe, but have faith in God. Just believe that he's a good God. That he's healed you already. You're not sick. Nobody in the land of promise will say, I am sick, the Bible says. There's no sickness in the land of promise, and that's where you live. That's where you live. I don't know about anybody else, but that's where you live. Amen? And stay there. Don't come out and try to see what's going on. Ain't nothing going on but the rent everywhere in the devil's nonsense. Amen? You don't need to find out nothing. Just find out that he loves you and he heard you and you're holding on to faith. You're not giving up. You're continuing in the faith. Amen. And Jesus is growing that seed every single day. There's nothing wrong with you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Anybody need prayer? Come up and I'll pray for you.